This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Well, the carnage on our roads continues. Last night, as you heard in Dave's news, a cyclist and a pedestrian were struck by cars, and this after three cyclists were stuck struck in a, a span of only four hours on our streets yesterday. What is the solution? Ward 3 Councillor Stephen Holliday of Etobicoke Centre says it's time to look at licensing bicycles. Now, this is not a new idea. Bicycles had to be licensed back in the 1930s, back when the licensing fee was 50 cents and the fine for not having a license was five bucks. Now, the requirement was abolished in 1957, in part because a lot of the people breaking this rule were children. And uh, the word was that uh, having the kids break this rule promoted a bad relationship between cops and kids. So they repealed it in 1957. But City Council has looked at reintroducing it at least three times since then, in 1984, in 1992, and in 1996. Each time it was decided that this wasn't worth it. So is it a good idea to look at it again because of conditions now? We want to hear what you think. The number is 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Right now, I have Councillor Holiday on the line. Welcome. Good afternoon, Libby. Thanks for joining us. Good afternoon to the Zoomers. Okay, great. Uh, so why do you think uh, that this is a good idea now? Well, it's been 20 years since anyone's taken a look at this, and the world sure has changed. There's a lot, uh, there's a lot more cyclists on the road. There's a lot of changes in, in infrastructure, and there's been a lot of changes in technology that might make this a viable option. Okay, well, let, let me ask you, is, do you see this mostly as a revenue-generating opportunity, or is this something that you think would increase safety? Well, there's three main themes that I've asked the staff to look at. And I want to add that I've asked them to look at preparing a report on this so that we can have a debate in the future. And that's the first step in our process to begin to examine a policy change. But the three drivers were, of course, as you mentioned, an opportunity to generate revenue to put back into the cycling infrastructure, an opportunity to gather a tremendous amount of data and we can learn a lot more about who's riding bikes, where they're riding bikes, where, what their destinations are and when they use them. And finally, I think there's a safety component to all of this. And perhaps by encouraging people to be involved with clubs and organizations and through a mechanism of distributing these, these licenses, maybe we can have increased use of helmets, uh, better education about uh, road safety, and people using lights and bells and all of the correct type of equipment that you need to ride a bicycle safely. 
Uh, the last few times this thing was looked at, one of the biggest issues was cyclists riding on the sidewalk, which of course is illegal and can hurt pedestrians. Is that an issue for you now? Well, my focus has been different. And I, of course, I spent some time looking at what had been done in the past, despite it being 20 years ago. And I think there was uh, a look at cyclist behaviors in the past. And they looked at creating a license system similar to a driver's license, which, of course, would take tremendous burden to implement. I'm thinking more of a registration of the bicycle itself and perhaps some sort of a decal or a plate or something else. But in registering the bicycle, we can collect data about the rider and maybe there's ways to integrate it with the city cycling app which is a gps enabled piece of software that tracks where people go so are you saying because the main criticism of this plan has always been that it, it would the the burden of administration would be huge you'd have to have a whole department and it would cost more to administer it than you might take in from it so is is your plan somehow uh cheaper well, it's a very good point, and I've asked the staff to look at this. The last thing I would ever want to do is create a cottage industry of bureaucracy and, and make it more difficult people, for people to live and get around in this city. But I wonder if there's ways to use existing software systems and to look at things uh, like RFID technology and distribution models that we've got in 2016 that we, that we didn't have before. An example is the way that we distribute solid waste tags. When you exceed the size of your plastic bin, you can go to the hardware store and buy additional tags to put on your bag. Well, I don't see why we couldn't distribute a license when you purchase the bicycle or from a bicycle shop, maybe even through a cycling club. Maybe we could sell the licenses through them. Okay. And uh, what about jurisdiction? Does the city have jurisdiction? Uh, There is some issue about whether it would be a provincial responsibility. In the past, uh, licenses have been handed out by municipalities, but uh, cyclists also cross municipalities. Well, I'd like the staff to provide some comment on that, but, but again, we're focusing back on Torontonians where the core of the use is in this city, where it's dense, and where we can gather tremendous amounts of data about where people are, are living and using their bikes. And that points us in the direction about where we need to make investments in the future for bicycle lanes. And, and what about uh, cyclists who disobey the rules? What about them? Well, I leave that up to the police, and we know that the police take a risk-based approach today. They've got all of the tools that they need to enforce the Highway Traffic Act, and they moderate their amount of enforcement accordingly. Okay, uh, let's take a couple of calls, Councillor. We've got Anne in Mississauga. Hi, Anne. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? Good. Um, I'm calling because I have a few concerns about, uh, I agree with mostly everything Mr. Holliday has just uh, said, and I've also emailed the Premier about my concerns. Uh, a great, great concern of mine is when I'm walking my dog, and it's constant cyclists on the sidewalk, not anticipating or using common sense that I might move or my dog might move. I've been grazed twice by the cyclists and uh, this I have to keep remembering to look behind me to make sure that no cyclist is coming because they do not 
they do not leave enough room between you and 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 themselves. And this is on the sidewalk. This is on the side. It's a great issue. I'm going to be it's taking illegal. my it's, dog it for is... a walk and after you and I call, and I have to go through this every day. Because it's, it's completely illegal for cyclists to be on the sidewalk. And you got to wonder, I mean, I'm assuming I, I, they know this, but I, they might not even know it. What do you think, Counselor? Well, you're right, Libby. Um, adults are not supposed to be on the sidewalk. Now, I think if you are a young child, that's probably okay. And in no, fact, these, uh, are, these are adults, uh, yeah. men, women, adults. And plus, I have called the police, and, and my understanding when they respond, they don't have, that is not, they have bigger issues to attend to. And when I was uh, last week or two weeks ago, there were two officers on their bikes on the sidewalk. Okay, that they probably had a duty they were doing. And there was a cyclist that went right by them, and they never stopped. <laughs> That's You're, interesting. Yes, very, that is very, very in, I wish I had my camera. Well, I, I wonder, Pull out though. your phone. <laughs> I, I phoned the police station. No, no, I mean your phone to take a picture of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't. I don't. I have a cell phone. I still have a flip phone, although I am on the computer all the time. But I, I do bring my camera now. But the thing is, you know, yeah, that I should have had. But uh, I actually I couldn't have taken it. I was driving at the time. So okay. I'm yeah. Good. But if I'd have been in person, I would have said something to the police uh, officers. And and another thing also is the bike lanes. They've made special bike lanes for the cyclists. So, um, you know, I don't see anything wrong why they shouldn't be registered or, or something be done about that. And they, a lot of them are not adhering to the rules of the road. I do see them going on the red lights. And I saw another one crossing in front of all the cars. I don't know. We've, I used to be a cyclist, okay? So I don't want to, you know. And, and in my day, we had to have a license. So it tells you how old I am. But anyways, okay. and I still would have a bike, except I live in a high rise. And, you know, but, um, yeah, they have to be more aware. Maybe we have to bring it more on the forefront, like on TV, and talk about it more, as you're doing right now on the radio. Okay. And thanks a lot for your call. Thank you so much for listening. Okay, well, Thanks. you know, um, everybody has their story about uh, cyclists behaving badly, but but in most of the cases of collisions, it is the driver's fault. Uh, but uh, I, Anne is definitely right. There, there are cyclists out there who, um, you know, they're not that considerate. Uh, Counselor, let's talk to Mark in Toronto. Hi, Mark. Hi, how are you today? Fine, how are you? Not too bad, thank you. My my opinion is I totally agree with the licensing. Oh yes, providing there's a training that goes with it. Training for for oh, the. I think, uh, here this morning, I was coming down Strawn Avenue, not, not too far from the station. Right. I'm in a car or what? I was in a car. Yep. Girl on a bike. I was a Strawn and girl. She went right through the red light on her bicycle. Oh, there are usually at least three or four people doing that when I'm in the car. Yeah, like, uh, in the meantime, uh, like, I'm not saying that a lot of times that the bike drivers, or sorry, the vehicle drivers aren't the ones at fault. But if you're riding a bike, I don't care what you're doing. Be aware of your surroundings. I think Mark raises an absolutely important point that um, less and less people are driving in this city and they don't have driver's licenses. 
So many people don't have the benefit of driver training and they hop on a bike. That's not to say that everyone needs to go through a formalized course, but I wonder if connecting people through the licensing system through uh, to a bicycle club, there may be an opportunity for training right there delivered by others. Okay. It, this is, uh, you know, I gather, as as you mentioned, Councillor, that the police under the Highway Traffic Act, they can charge people. I mean, there are certain things that people might not know when they hop uh, on a bike, but that you should not go through a red light. I think everyone who is an adult knows that. As a matter of fact, I think small children know that. So when that happens, I think we have to assume that people are doing it on purpose because, I mean, honestly, do you really think a cyclist knows they, that thinks that it's okay to go through a red light? Of course they know. Well, exactly. So they're, they're, the, the thing is that there has to be a consequence, and hopefully the consequence isn't that person getting very seriously hurt. That's what we want to avoid. You know the sad part is, like, like I say, I, in every the statistics prove in, in nine out of ten cases it's it's driver error on, in the vehicles. Yep. But in the, but in the meantime, as the bicyclist is laying on the ground, dying, saying, "I had the right away." That doesn't do you any good. Exactly, exactly. Um, uh, and uh, the other thing I sometimes see are, are are cyclists with earbuds listening to music. And <laughs> don't get me going. Um, tell, me that, tell me that isn't distracted driving. Well, exactly. Um, okay, uh, counselor. Let's take another. We've, the calls are piling up here, uh, and we are going to be hearing from uh, Yvonne Bambrick after the break because I'm sure she has a different perspective from all of this, and we should listen to that. Uh, we've got Mel in Coldwater. Hi, Mel. Good afternoon, Libby. I've been paying attention to this because when I lived in the junction, I used to use my bike all the time down in Toronto. Right. Um, uh, about three weeks ago, I listened to a woman who, uh, under Michael Broom- Bloomberg, when he was mayor of, of New York City, yep. she was in charge of all their bicycling uh, paths. And it was it, until you change the physicality, you're not going to solve the problem. And what she did is that she moved the parked cars out and created a bicycle lane between those parked cars and the sidewalks. So now all of a sudden, the parked cars became the barrier that supplied the security for the uh, bicyclists. Number two, we don't have Elmer the Safety Elephant programs in public schools anymore, and we haven't had them for about 25 years. So now you've got generations of kids who have not grown up with the mindset of... Wait a minute. I had no idea. Elmer's gone? Yes. (laughs) And you you don't have the the school crossing guards that were sponsored by the Ontario Motor League. So the thing is, you don't have children. They're they're not walking or riding to school. They're being driven. But the thing is, they don't have incorporated into their mindset as they're growing, having security and safety as as being paramount. So that then, when you become a bicycle rider, you're that much more aware. And when you're a driver, you're that much more aware. And the last thing uh, is that uh, in a number of cities, what they've done is that they've eliminated stop signs. They've put in four-way yield signs. So as you approach an intersection, if there's no uh, traffic coming, you continue through it. But you have to slow down. You just don't have to come to a stop. And that has eliminated a lot of the bicyclists running through uh, stop signs as well. So those are just three quick points, but uh, 
they, that it's that mindset of not being aware of your surroundings uh, in a, on, a, uh, on a bicycle or in a car, which I think oh. is, is the big contributor. Okay, Mel, thanks for your call. You're welcome. Okay, we're going to take a break shortly. Uh, uh, Counselor, do you have any comment on that? Do you think uh, I, putting safety bike training in schools is a good I, idea? I think it's a wonderful idea. I know that we've got great community safety officers through the police that do visit the schools. I know they visit even my own children, but there are only so many officers and there's so many schools. You're lucky if they make it out once a year and they, they, they talk about a lot of things, but let's think about building it right into the curriculum. Why not? Well, exactly. That that makes sense to me. Um, there's a lot more to say about this. Uh, Councillor, please hang on the line with us. We have some callers and we're also going to hear the cycling perspective from Yvonne Bambrick. And that will happen right after a quick break. We will be right back. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Uh, we have been talking about the idea of licensing cyclists. We have Councillor Stephen Holliday on the line. He wants staff to look into the possibility. He says it's possible to do this without creating a huge, expensive bureaucracy. Uh, so, Councillor, we now have Yvonne Bambrick in. Uh, she's a cycling advocate and an author, and she doesn't think it's a good idea. So, uh, Yvonne, why not? Hi there. Uh, well, it, city staff have worked on this a number of times. It's been rejected three times recently by council. Um, there's a whole page dedicated to why the city doesn't do cycling licensing on the city's own website. Uh, so while I appreciate that Councillor Holiday is looking for ways to improve, you know, the, the scenario on our roadways, which is unfortunately um, at times uh, not ideal. Uh, we've got people getting hit, whether on foot or by bike. Um, and we do need to be doing something more, which is why the cycling or sorry, the, I should say the road safety plan that's coming up uh, is so important. And we really need to be looking at ways that drivers and cyclists and pedestrians can be getting along better. That takes everyone to take responsibility and to have a bit more patience with those around them and to be less distracted when they are in, you know, in the roadway space. But we also have got to be more focused on getting safe infrastructure in place on the road. That's what makes all the difference. So education is key, but in tandem with bike, well, safe that is, bike that, zones. That's apparently happening. I mean, very slowly, much yeah. too slowly. Uh, and, and look, on the issue of licensing, there are no comparable municipalities that have licensing in place. It doesn't work. Uh, so, uh, licensing certainly doesn't stop drivers from making mistakes. The point is that cyclists are already subject to the rules of the road. And I'd rather see police spending time uh, enforcing the, the existing rules than wasting time seeing if people have the right license. It just doesn't make sense. And there's a reason it's been rejected several times by council already. Councillor Holliday? I... Uh I was just looking at the web page, and the last report was in 1996. Yep. But one of the key components to what I'm proposing today is that data gathering. And that's something we haven't had the tools or the technology to do back in the 90s. And I think it would be tremendous uh, to focus our cycling investment exactly where the cyclists are. The tools that we have today are quite scant to figure out where the cyclists are. They look at census data. They look at destinations and they do some approximations and they do the odd measurement using those rubber strip counters. But imagine a world where we had GPS information and absolute information about where people are going from and to. Uh, Yvonne? 
Well, so we've just completed a rather, ex- and I should say city staff have just completed a very extensive uh, public consultation and surveying of Torontonians for the 10-year bike plan that was just approved. So lots of data has been gathered about where people are riding and where they would ride if there were safe spaces to do so. The notion, however, of putting, of mandating that people put GPS on their bicycle rides to have themselves tracked uh, is not not ideal. Uh, it's called, you know, have act privacy, A. But also we do have an existing City of Toronto cycling app, which you guys developed, which city staff have done a great job on. And people are self-selecting in to use that app. And it has those those safety and and uh, and privacy things taken into account with how it starts and stops uh, on your rides. It doesn't start right where you begin, so you, you couldn't track where your home or workplace was. So safety concerns and and security and privacy concerns uh, all are flagged for me here when you talk about mandating that cyclists have to have GPS on their bikes in order to ride a bike uh, legally on the streets of Toronto. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Well, if, uh, if you have the motion in front of you, uh, component number D is a way to promote the city cycling app. I think we should use it more. And in fact, I think that cycling app could form the backbone of this system. Imagine a scenario where if you registered through the app, perhaps your license was discounted. Uh, imagine perhaps if you logged 1,000 kilometers on the app in a year, your license is free. There's so many variations that we can do using these systems. I think the future is exciting. Okay, let's uh, let's see what some of our callers think. We've got Alan in Mississauga. Hi, Alan. Hi, Liv. How are you today? Fine. How are you? Uh, very good. Uh, Councillor, I don't know what you're smoking, but, I mean, I really don't. I mean, licensing bikes now, I mean, it's, um, it's just the money grabber. How's licensing my bike gonna gonna stop me from going through red lights or riding on on sidewalks? Why don't you start licensing people that walk the sidewalks? It, I think it's just another money grabber. And praise the lady that was just on online there. You're one hundred percent right. Okay, let's let's hear the counselor respond to you, Alan. I, I, first of all, I don't smoke. <laughs> yeah. uh, and second of all, I, I'm not sure why it would be okay to license cars and charge fees for that, but not bicycles. They both use the road, and they're both using infrastructure. It's just another money grabber. That's all it is. How yeah, but we're, we, we have to pay for using the roads. We all do. We already do. We already That's do. That's the thing. Bicycle riders are already paying their fair share through rent or property property taxes. Uh, That's and, right. And, and we do, do much, much less damage to the roadway than cars and heavy motor vehicles. And we know that. Uh, we should not be discouraging people from riding by putting up a barrier to entry. People can get on their bikes now. We should be doing everything we can, and that's specifically around ro- uh, road infrastructure where we make safe places for people to ride and education for all road users about how to do so safely. Okay, Alan, thank you. We're going to go to Dorothy next. Hi, Dorothy. Oh, hi, Libby. Um, I just wanted to say um, ditto, ditto, ditto to what Mel was saying, and I think that the councillor's right that when you get a license, for a vehicle, whether it be a car or a bike, there's more respect of being on the road on your bike. The responsibility is you have just as much responsibility as the vehicles. And oh. the vehicles now on the streets in Toronto are so large. The streets were made years ago. They weren't very wide. And now with the streetcars, you see these great big, those big vans and the big trucks where they shouldn't be at all. And then there's cars parked oh. all along, like... 
Okay, granddaughter. Okay. And anyway, um, so you the, agree? The cars that are parked all along the side of the streets shouldn't be there. They sh- there should be a bicycle path, or for smaller cars, there, there shouldn't be cars parked along the streets when the streets aren't wide enough to begin with. Well, we need to put the cars somewhere, and if cars were banned from parking, that would wreck business, uh, and uh, is sort of impede movement. Though you know, we should probably maybe That's have a better handle on it. To hear that, I just heard that early this morning, and it just made me sick. A 32-year-old on the bike was killed, and every day, like, one thing, the speed limit should be put way down in the city. I don't think today, I don't think there was anyone killed today. There there were a couple of cyclists struck after I midnight. I heard that at about 5 o'clock this morning, a 32-year-old at Parliament and Girard uh, was killed on a bike. I, I'm not sure. We'll check that. Anyway, uh, Dorothy, thanks for your call. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Uh, we uh, we've got Maria in Etobicoke. Hi, Maria. Oh, hi. Good afternoon, Libby. Uh, I think it's high time that they get the licensing done because I live in North, North Etobicoke. I walk every day, and it is just it's like um, you know the Wild West, really. And I'm really really surprised that we do not have more injuries. Uh, the cyclists. Um, there's, since I've, I've been checking the number, I've made at least five a day. Sorry? Every, every day I go out there, and I have seen only two even have a bell on to ring the bell to let you know they're approaching you from the back. Next, you just see somebody goes go zoom right back past you. If you were even thinking of changing the direction you were walking into, and, you know, you would go smack dab into a, a cyclist. Yeah, it's 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 pretty scary. Yvonne wants to respond to that. Well, so uh, sidewalks sidewalk cycling is an issue, and I in Etobicoke we've got hardly any on street bike infrastructure. Uh, so I think rather than maybe supporting licensing, we should be looking at talking to our local councillors and asking them to put in place cycle tracks and bike lanes no, no, no. and encouraging you know, people to ride where they should, which is in the roadway. Infrastructure. You have to have these cyclists have to take some responsibility. Yes, they precisely. And they're too afraid to ride on the streets right now. In the strip mall, they are, they are cycling on the walkway. You, when you, the walkway you used to go from store to store. Yeah, that's a problem. You have them there. Yeah, it's definitely and a problem. Call on uh, between Eglinton and um, uh, and, and um, Kipling on onward, there is a bike path and there is a pedestrian path. And guess what they use most of the time? The pedestrian um, sidewalk. Uh, counsel- There's a bike path right there. Councillor, this is your yeah. area. Do you want to respond? I- I know Kipling and Eglinton well. I was on the bike path just a couple of nights ago, and it's a great place to cycle. Hey, I go on the roads in Etobicoke with my kids, and what we're blessed with are very, very quiet streets. There are times we'll go out for a 30-minute ride, and we might pass one or two cars on the entire trip. There's a big difference, of course, going down the main arterials where there's six or seven lanes, and they host tens of thousands of cars a day. But what we have here are a number of quiet street routes which run parallel to those busy streets. And part of the 10-year cycling plan that we approved at Council was to help identify those streets with signage and encourage cyclists to take the quiet streets and be very, very safe. Certainly better air quality as well. I'm glad to hear that you have such a nice uh, space to cycle with your family. But uh, arterials, some of them are important to look at as well uh, as main connector routes for people and destinations because and, there are shops along them. And what about, I mean, 
I agree cyclists have to take responsibility, but, uh, you know, it's also clear sometimes they, they do get up on the sidewalk because the road is getting kind of scary. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, people, people break rules all the time. It doesn't matter whether you're walking or riding or in a car or truck or even a TTC, like people break rules, things, people make mistakes. Um, and I don't think that licensing drivers has, has reduced the number of mistakes or, uh, that, that drivers are making. Well, I, the point is we, we need to be working on educating all road users. One of the reasons I wrote the urban cycling survival guide was to give new riders all the tools and information that they need to know what their rights and responsibilities are when they're cycling. So anybody who's interested in riding a bike for transportation, I definitely recommend reading the book. The province and the city also have great materials uh, available online. You can educate yourself and that's the trick. It's not about um, a stick. This is, we don't need to be try you know wasting money and staff time and police resources on on something like licensing well, you it's know, been rejected you, for a reason and i think we should just you let know, it die maybe we could use a little more police resources on enforcing the rules because sure. that might uh, motivate people because you know the, just the numbers of cyclists i see every day going through red lights i drivers break rules but not like that it's about accountability. When you sign your name on that, you know there's a record of you, and you're going to hold yourself to a higher standard and hopefully get educated. And the other accountability piece is to hold the city and the politicians accountable about where they invest your tax dollars. And having really good information about where people cycle and when they cycle allows us to make better decisions. Okay, let's uh, try and get a few more calls in before we switch gears here. We've got Henriette in Toronto. Hello. Henriette? Yes, yes, I'm, I'm 90 years old. <laughs> Are you still cycling? Who's going to speak? You go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. Well, I'm 90 years, I'm 90 years old, and um, I, I see these young, young bodies flying by. It just, it just gives me a, a wonderful feeling because. I, they're, they're having something that I've never had, the freedom of being on a bike. And I wish you would all stop this nitpicking with money and licenses and just get all the bicycles you can, can and bring Toronto with that name, Toronto the Good. We want Toronto the Good. It's starting to decay the other way. Okay, Henriette, thanks a lot. That was wonderful. I'm with you, Henriette. Thank you so much. Okay, let's go to Alex in Etobicoke. Yes, uh, good afternoon. You know, I have a problem because everybody keeps saying put in more police resources and enforce the Highway Traffic Act. And everybody there and everybody listening should know that in this country, you don't have to carry identification and a policeman can't ask you for identification. So if you're not licensed and you go through a red light, and a policeman stops you, there's no way for him to identify you. Alex, I have, to, I have to correct you. I just read before going on air Section 218 of the Highway Traffic Act, and it says that if a policeman stops you while you're on a bike, you have to provide identification, and your name and address is sufficient for that, your correct name and address. Right. But, but the law says you do have to identify yourself to right. a policeman. And you do that by giving him your name and address, but you don't have to have a formal document that shows him like you do when oh. you're driving a car. Okay, yeah, that's true. So, so you think it would be a good idea? Should- a license? 
years ago with jaywalking because policemen would stop people at Dundas and Young jaywalking and ask them their name and that and all of a sudden there'd be a summons or a ticket going out to Mississauga. So unless we get licensing to be able to say this is the person, show me your license for riding a bike and you broke the law and I'm going to give you a ticket without that, we're just blowing smoke. Okay. Um, we, you know, we're running out of time here. Thanks for your call, Alex. Uh, so uh, I'm going to give uh, 25 seconds each uh, to Yvonne and to the councillor. Yvonne, 25 seconds. Well, I, I couldn't agree more with Henriette. Uh, cycling is a fantastic way to move through the city, in particular a city that's clogged as it is with uh, traffic. Uh, so the more we can do to encourage people to ride and work on public education as at the same time as we put in place better, safer infrastructure for bike riders that also serves our drivers by making the road more predictable, uh, that, that's really the key for me. Okay, Councillor Holliday. Well, thank you. And I think the time is right to ask these questions. And I know they're controversial, but we wouldn't be doing our jobs if we didn't push the bar once in a while. I'm looking forward to a report back. I hope my colleagues will support it. There are so many benefits that we can get. It's been 20 years since we last took a close look at this. Let's see what we've got with technology. Let's find a way to advance cycling in this city by making investments in the right place. And I think a good way to start is to begin with ga- uh, gathering data and implementing a license. And how- How long uh, will it take you to get some of this information together or staff? Well, if it is successful through council this week, um, I've, I've given them a year. And I think that's a lot of time for them to gather all sorts of information and put it together into a report. And it will come back then for another debate and we'll have a chance to hear from many people. And presumably in that time, we'll get some great ideas out there. Okay, and uh, we have to wrap up this conversation. Uh, we have this, we will revisit this conversation for sure. And uh, I sincerely hope that the occasion is not more carnage on the roads, more people hurt, whether they're pedestrians or cyclists or even drivers. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.